One life, one day, one time I got a main of mind One life, one day, one time I got a main of mind Hey, God bless you. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Like Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Hey, we got a new setup. Happy New Year. It's 2024, and the Word of God is still good to me and to countless others. My hope and prayer is that this is a spot that you like to feast on for God's Word. This is not for me, okay? I'm not paid to do what I'm doing. That tell you my motive is purely God, his word, the kingdom, etc. So I don't have no sideshow Bob motive. No, it's only so that if you are a believer and you're growing in Christ, that you grow. You grow in the word. You grow in works. You grow in seeing things the way that God sees them. And prayerfully, as you're led by the spirit of God, you will Look in the world and see how you can have faith and obey Jesus to be a disciple, to make disciples. In other words, the question of how is the world different because you follow Jesus? That will be a drumbeat, a heartbeat, a pulse in your life. That's my prayer. But also in 2024, we are literally in the last days. This has been said for decades, but the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So in God's eyes, because he's eternal, what seems like a long time to us is not a long time to him. This is why he says in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, Revelation 20, Revelation 21, Revelation 22. He says, behold, I am coming quickly. The time is short. That's why John the Baptist said the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, hey, folks, we got to get ourselves together because in the timing of God, things are short. And the thing about eternity is once we die. There is no turning back. That's why it's imperative that we learn this word. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Approved unto God. Let me not preach before I preach, if that makes sense. Welcome to this podcast. Again, this is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. Check me out, man. I got uh, music, Spotify, free one. Look it up, Spotify, free one. Also, go to the website, madeupmind.com. Check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at taylove66, T-E-L-U-V-V-6-6. But the point I'm making is plug into the various avenues so that you can learn and grow the way that you're listening now. My hope is that you will hear something that will change your life. My faith says that God's word is able to change your life. Or like the Bible says in James chapter one, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Hey, this podcast is called Unenduring Men. Unenduring Men. 
I usually pray and I will. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this word. Thank you for all who are hearing, regardless of where they are. If they are in a metropolitan city, if they are on a rural, remote mountain, Father, if they're at a computer listening with a group of people, if they are simply listening on a pair of AirPods or earphones, regardless, Lord, I pray that you be no respecter of person to each hearer. Like you said, Master, in the gospel, let him that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord says. And may everything be confirmed and proven and reproven through your written word so that we're not confusing people, but we're clarifying and being bearers of the truth. Thank you so much, Jesus. You are the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. Acts 4.12, there is no name under heaven and earth whereby man must be saved, can be saved, except the name of Jesus. May the name of Jesus be glorified in this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Again, this podcast is called Unenduring Men. Now, I got a different setup. I'm in Memphis. I've got this little home studio. I'm just trying. I thank you for your support, for listening, sharing, liking, subscribing, doing what folk do on the digital platforms. Now, let's get into this word. My hope in advance, I'll say the same thing at the end. Do not let this word stop with you. Simply sharing, sending an email, forwarding it on text, you can be somewhat of a digital evangelist. Let this word permeate through you to two, three, four, five people. Again, I'm not paid to do this. I'm saying just like somebody reached me 25 years ago, you can be that person where God reaches a person, someone else because of you. Ladies and gentlemen, unenduring men. Our main scripture, we're going to come out and we're going to stay in this verse pretty much the whole time. This is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 4. Let us read. This is the King James Version. We're beginning with this one. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, King James Version. Let's go to the Amplified Classic Version, AMPC. It reads the same text. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside 
every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Man, that's a mouthful. This is why I like the Amplified. Wow, that is a mouthful. Hopefully this is making the picture a little more clear. Let's continue reading. Verse two, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials why so that you may not grow weary or exhausted losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds man that is so good verse 4 you have not yet struggled and fought agonizingly against sin, nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, Amplified Version. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is called Unenduring Men. There was a, a boatload of terms in these translations now let's get into the word. Let's work this thing. All right. So let me give you a brief introduction of where this podcast came from. My heart was stirred and, and God just spoke this thing to me. Okay. So there was a man who started out in ministry, seemingly running well for years. He thrived in ministry and went on to establish record-like milestones that will historically be remembered as great However, time went on and more time went on and this man's mind began to change. What he once stood for, he began to fall for. What he once stood against, he began to stand with. What he once condemned and shamed, he began to bless and glorify. He did run the race that was set before him. However, and unfortunately, he did not endure as commanded. Ladies and gentlemen, this man was Carlton Pearson. I may be a little late. Some of you already know about this guy, Carlton Pearson. He was born. He lived. He died. This was about two months, maybe three months ago. Carlton Pearson. You can Google him and see. But yes, he died. He was born. He lived. And he died. Ladies and gentlemen, he ran the race that was set before him. He did not endure. 
Okay, Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, tells us to do a few things. Again, we're going to walk down these words. All right. The first thing that Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, this passage tells us is to strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. What is that? Encumbrance. Everything that impedes, burdens, hinders, hampers the function or activity of. So again, everything that impedes, burdens, hinders, hampers the function or activity of. All right. The Greek word for every encumbrance means harmatia, harmatia. And what it is, is the brand of sin that emphasizes it's that it's self-originated, self-empowered nature. That means it's a sin that comes from, as the Bible would say, 1 John 2.15, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. It's something inside of the individual. That's what this sin is, uh, this word is talking about. Let us lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us, says Hebrews 12, uh, one through four, this text. So again, it is not originated or empowered by God. The thing, this sin is not of faith. It's not of God's inworked persuasion. This is the kind of thing that happens because of the human condition. I'm trying not to get away from what we're talking about today. This is unenduring men. I'm simply trying to paint a picture to you of where this sin comes from. What is this thing talking about? So if we look ourselves in the mirror, we will see. All right. We forfeit the race because of the sin that only comes from you and never comes from God. I'm going to say it once again. You forfeit the race because of the sin that only comes from you and never comes comes from God. A lot of times in different church circles, people like to blame the devil and, oh, God doing this and that. Oh, it's the devil. No, no, listen to me. This Bible tells us that this is self-originating. This is something that comes from you and comes from me. In other words, we can't look to somebody or something else to uh, explain where this sin comes from. All right. So again, laying aside the sin, strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, everything that impedes, burdens, hinders, hampers the function or activity of. All right. Stay with me because we're going to hopefully it's going to clear up here in a little bit. What else does this text tells us to do? This text says, which so readily, deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. So not only is it sin or weight, but what it does is it entangles us, cleverly clings to, and really gets us bound up. The word that would describe the clinging or entangling is this Greek word, euperistatos, euperistatos, excuse my enunciation. I'm, I'm an English uh, black man in, in Memphis. Uh, uh, Euperistatos means easily surrounding, encircling, 
easily distracted. This thing says that it's a well planted and all around. This thing is, 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 is something that's encompassing. It's wholly around. This, this entangling in the Greek is a serious hindrance that hampers someone who desperately needs to advance. Keep this picture in mind. Let me paint this picture for you just in case you, you, you're still kind of scrambled as to what, what is this sin? Where does it come from? And how does it affect my life? All right. Here's an example. How does cancer kill? Cancer can kill when it invades essential organs like your liver, lungs or brain and stops them from what? Functioning properly. So that's cancer. If you know somebody with cancer, once you tell them or they tell you, oh, uh, yeah, I got cancer. From that point on, you'll see that it's a progressive thing and it caused the person's life to become more and more diminished as time goes on and it eventually takes them out. That's one of the leading causes of death in the world, cancer. But let me give you another example as to the, the, the mindset behind entangling, cleverly clinging to a person that this is the this is what it means when it, it, it entangles. So not only does sin seek to exist in our lives, this is the like the military attack. This is the agenda behind the sin and what it wants to do to you and me to cause us not to endure. OK, so let's look at an example, a uh, a compulsive, chronic, psychological or physiological need for a habit forming substance or behavior or activity having harmful physical, psychological or social effects and typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors or nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence. Folks, that mouthful that I just gave you, them long three, four syllable words describes the state of being addicted. The state of being addicted. Addiction is defined as a strong inclination to do, use or indulge in something repeatedly. The quality or state of being influenced or determined by or subject to another the sin that is in our lives, it wants to treat us the way that an addiction does the human being. The sin wants to make us, uh, uh, hinder us and impede us and hamper us to where we're not properly functioning the way that a crackhead, when he chasing that crack and he cannot get past getting up and going to work because he bound by the crack addiction or in Memphis, the doggone weed, always smoking weed and buying weed and rolling weed and blowing weed and smoking weed. And that's why they don't go to work and they slow when they get in traffic and they slow at the checkout aisle and they just putting in traffic. It's impeding them like the persistence and the demand of an addiction. That's the kind of entanglement that sin wants to have on us is described and depicted to us in this text. So my question to you, listener, is where are you trying to go? 
Where are you trying to go? Where you are trying to go clearly tells you what you need to do. Example, how long would you run on a pebble in your shoe? Everybody's had this experience. I even remember years ago, a preacher using this illustration, and I've had many pebbles in my shoe since then. But how long would you run or walk on a pebble that's in your shoe? How long would you seek relief to breathe with severe congestion? You can't breathe. <laughs> you can't breathe. How long would you sit around uh, uh, doing that? How long would you drive on a flat tire? Do you see what I'm getting at? How long would you put up with something that's seeking to impede, hamper, dampen, diminish you, your life, your thoughts, your speech, your words, your faith, your belief in Jesus? Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the depiction of sin and its objective in the life of one who's trying to follow Jesus. This is why Paul tells us, or not Paul, it's, you know, some think that uh, Paul wrote Hebrews. This is why the author tells us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, every weight, every sin, not big sins, not special sins, not mysterious sins. The Bible says, let us lay aside every sin. That's the first thing that we learned in this text of unenduring men. Please stay tuned because I am going somewhere. I'm trying to. All right. The second thing we learn in this text is it tells us to run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence. The appointed course of the race that is set before us. Do you see that combination that we are supposed to run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence. Well, what does that mean? Okay. In Greek it's the word hupomone, hupomone, and it means a remaining behind a patient, enduring steadfastness, patient waiting for see hupomone, Patient waiting for, remaining under endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain under the challenges he allots in life. I'm getting to my illustration, and in doing so, I have a question for you. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? What you are waiting on or for determines how you follow behind what you are waiting on or for determines how you follow behind. In other words, your waiting determines your follow. So let me give you an example. I'm trying to, 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 to paint this picture of what's depicted here in this text, Hebrews 12, one through four. All right, let me give you an example. Let's go to the water. The largest crab in the world weighed 4.67 pounds and squeezed with the force of 1,765 newtons. By comparison, 
143-pound uh, human with proportional strength of this coconut crab could grip with a force of six tons. Wow. Man, I work on cars and I, I, I kind of mess with tools and stuff. That would, th 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 this crab has the strength that would be like uh, He-Man or uh, the Incredible Hulk. Okay. The upper limit of this fierce pinch is potentially bone crushing. The heaviest recorded weight of a coconut crab is four kilograms. By extrapolating their measurements, the science proposed that this crab might be able to pinch with a force of 3,300 newtons. I'm going to explain all this in a minute. That's stronger than the bite of any land animal except alligators. Listen to me, folks. When we think of patiently enduring with persistent and steadfast endurance, the question is, look, what were the martyrs of the civil rights movement uh, waiting for? Do you see the, the illustration? The crab takes somebody and he grasps onto it with so much pressure that it crushes bones. It doesn't happen instantly, but it just grabs, grips, and it locks it in place and it waits almost like a python or boa constrictor, boa constrictor. It, it wraps itself around and it slowly patiently waits to suffocate its victim. This is the kind of tenacity that we must have when we are patiently waiting. That's what endurance is, folks. So I'm asking the question, what were the martyrs of the civil rights movement in America during slavery, what, what, what were they waiting for? They were waiting for justice. They were waiting for equality. They kept marching and being sprayed with water hoses and going through so much torture and persecution and beatings and jailings and lynching and bloodshed. All these things they were waiting for, unrelenting, decade after decade after decade after decade. Why? What were they waiting for? That's because wait and fight are cousins. Do you see? Waiting and fighting are like cousins. Those who fight well, wait well for the perfect timing. So just like that crab, just like that python, just like that boa constrictor, they will sit and patiently wait until what they want when they before they even grip their victim is achieved after patiently waiting. So the end is the time finishing like Jesus is the goal. All your heart, soul, mind and strength is required and everything less results in failure, forfeiture, quitting and losing. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ via MadeUpMind.com. Check it out. Check out the music on Spotify, free one. Go to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash at Taylor66. Like, share, subscribe. Let's get back to the message. Did you know that 30,000 people run in the Boston Marathon. 
but there is only one winner for males and one winner for females. The Boston Marathon, I believe, is 26.2 miles. How in the world do you run in the first hour so that you may endure the rest of the hours of the 26.2 miles? This is the patient enduring. It's not easy. Your whole body's aching. Your thighs ache. Your legs ache. Your ankles ache. Your feet ache. Your, 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 your back is aching. You're tired. You're thirsty. You're sweating. You're, 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 it, it, it takes a long time and not everybody can do it. But the point I'm making to you is this is the depiction of how we must endure. So let's get back to this gentleman, one man, our main man of this podcast, Carlton Pearson. Here are some recorded words from a man who did not endure the word of God, who did not fight the good fight of faith until the end. This is off his website. I don't even know if it's still up now, but at least at this time when I began to put this thing together, it was still up. All right. So Pearson's belief in hell as stated on his website. All right. Carlton Pearson. A person who spends every day, these are his words verbatim. I'm reading, quote, I, I quote, a person who spends every day getting drunk will ruin their health, marriage, family, and career. They will make their lives a living hell. But that still falls far short of the chronic alcoholic being condemned by a just God to literally burn in hell forever and ever. For others, it may very well be that the punishment merited by their sins is greater than what they receive in this life. For those people, perhaps there will be some kind of punishment after death, but we believe that it will be remedial and corrective rather than just punishment for punishment's sake. Exactly what that will be and how long it will last, we don't know. Will hell for some people last 10 minutes or 10 million years? We don't know. But this we do know. Hell will not last for eternity. It will not be endless. Don't sin. Be reunited with God now rather than after you have put yourself and those you love through hell. That what I just read you in quote is Pearson's Carlton Pearson's belief in hell as stated on his website. This was a man who basically at one point in time in his life, he began to say that there is no hell. He began to say that God is not going to send people to a literal burning fiery place called hell. So as you see what I just read you, he alludes to, hey, you're, you're, the way that your life is on this earth is your living hell. That's pretty much kind of what he says. Kind of like Jehovah Witness. They say the same thing. Ain't no literal hell. It's just, you know, kind of how, how what, what ends up happening to you in this life. That That's kind of a bad life. You know, bad choices and consequences. That's kind of the living hell that, that, that the Bible talks about. Well, what does the Bible say? Let's look at what Carlton Pearson said one more time. He said, but that still falls short of the chronic alcoholic being condemned by a just God to literally burn in hell forever and ever. 
Carlton Pearson does not believe that a loving and just God sends people to burn in hell forever. All right. That's Carlton Pearson. What does God say? God says in John 3:18, King James Version, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. John 3:18, King James Version. What else does God say? God says in Revelation 14, 10 through 12, King James, he says, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night. Revelation 14, 10 through 12. It goes on further and saying the same text says who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark in his name. Then it says, going back to our, our main text today, this is Revelation 14, 12. It says, herein is the patience. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelation 14, 10 through 12, King James Version. What else does God's word say? Now we can't, you know, there are many scriptures in the Bible, thousands of verses in the Bible. We're just pointing out a few to show an illustration of unenduring men. God says in Revelation 20, 10 through 15, King James Version. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they should be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Uh-oh. So there's a place called hell already. That's the first death. And it gave up people that were in it. So they already, soon as they die, they go to hell. But let's keep reading. And they were judged every man according to their works. Revelation 20, 14, it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Folks, I hope you can see. Carlton Pearson was a man who did not endure with even these three verses, John 3, 18, Revelation 14, 10 through 12, Revelation 20, 10 through 15, just three, like a one, two, three knockout punch. This man did not endure with three of the thousands of scriptures. There are tons of scriptures on the topic of hell. 
Hell is a, it's a, it's an essential doctrine when it comes to Jesus. That's kind of like living in the world, <clears throat> regardless of where you live. You have a government, you have authority, you have law enforcement, some entity that enforces the law, whether it's communism, Marxism, Buddhism, Hinduism. If you live in Africa, Latin America, America, it don't matter where you live. There is a sense of, hey, there's a law for right and wrong. If we don't do right and we do wrong, there is a response. If I break the law, then I am punished, whether I receive a fine or jail time or a fine and jail time or prison time. Some countries have lashes and on and on and on. So how is it that we know in the world system there's punishment? However, in God's system, ain't no punishment. <sighs> so, folks, do you see how this is one man who didn't endure? And there have been so many men throughout the eras and ages that have even believed and practiced and taught the same doctrines. Again, Jehovah Witness say ain't no hell. All right. So let me ask a final question that will conclude our time today about unenduring men. What does God say about unenduring men? All we have examined so far is a man and his journey and his words and his beliefs. And we just simply unpacked it and looked at the three verses that, you know, tear apart what he was saying. But what does God say about unenduring men? Titus 3, 10 through 11, King James Version. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. Titus 3, 10 through 11, King James Version. This Greek word for heretic, again, a man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. The Bible says we are to admonish this heretic, but after the first and second admonition, we are to reject a heretic. Well, what is the Greek word for heretic? Just so that we know that we're not trying to put our own sauce on what we think somebody is. A heretic is from the Greek word hahiretikos. Hahiretikos. And it means to choose or have a distinctive opinion. It means a factious, a divisive person specializing in half truths and misimpressions to win others over to their personal opinion. Uh-oh. Misguided zeal or a follower of false doctrine in the book of Titus chapters one, two, and three, there is a repeated phrase or a refrain, and that is sound doctrine. Paul says it over and over sound doctrine, the young man, sound doctrine, the, the old, older, the aged women, sound doctrine, the elders, sound doctrine, the followers of Jesus, uh, uh, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So folks, sound doctrine 
is the opposite of false doctrine. A heretic is one that follows false doctrine. A heretic is one who has a zeal for some junk that is really their personal opinion. They have misguided zeal for half truths or misimpressions because they're trying to win people over to their opinion. So this Carlton Pearson guy had this mega ministry and it deteriorated once he became an heretic. He became an heretic and his thousand member ministry dwindled down to just a few folks. And then he went on to start a new movement. He started another church. He began to partner with people in the world that shared some of his opinions when it came to God and have truths and no hell and all this, that and the other. And then he would go on to die of cancer. But even on his deathbed with his uh, uh, website and all of that, Carlton Pearson never turned back to the truth. He did not turn from false doctrine. He did not endure the word of God. So the Bible tells us a man that is inherited after the first and second admonition rejects. All right. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth. Listen to this, folks being condemned of himself. That's Titus 3, 10 through 11. So what does the word for reject mean? The word for reject means parahite omai. Again, I'm a, I'm a black man in Memphis. I'm trying to get with this Greek, but it's okay. It's all right. We, we can learn together. Again, parahite omai. And what that means in Greek, listen, folks, it means to beg off to plead with somebody it's like romans 12 1 paul says i beseech you brethren by the mercies of god if we pause right there paul is trying to admonish hey folks please listen to me that's what this word means to reject so you admonish but let me keep going to to, to beg off go away to make excuse so, hey, listen, this guy needs to get away to uh, 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 deprecate, to refuse, to reject, to decline, to shun and to avoid. So that's what you, uh, the Bible tells us to do when it says uh, reject a man that is inherited after the first and second admonition, reject a man that is inherited after the first and second admonition it means to withdraw official support for or discourage the use of. This is why what happened to Carlton Pearson, his whole covering uh, organization withdrew their credentials from him. This is why all the leaders that were around him and the people in his ministry disbanded him. This is why when he looked up after a while, thousands upon thousands of people, they simply walked away from this brother. And you know, according to this one Bible verse, they were correct. And I would tell you, do not follow Carlson Pearson. Do not follow people who are like Carlton Pearson. Do not follow people who reject the doctrine of hell. 
So that means if you're a Jehovah Witness, you need to leave quick, right, fast, and in a hurry. Get away from them. Just get up and leave now. Don't contact them no more. This is heresy. Okay? So, an unenduring man, one who fails to keep God's word, stand on God's word, believe God's word, the Bible says, is condemned of himself. Condemned means I know that I am worthy of punishment. I'm, I know that myself. So, folks, don't be like this guy. The military will say, don't be that guy. Read the Bible, study the Bible, plug into podcasts like these where you can learn the truth and you yourself will not become a heretic or get caught up in heresy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor of Preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Like Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Be a digital evangelist. Share this message with one, two, or even three people. You never know how God's word will work in the hearts of others. Check out the website, MadeUpMind.com. Go listen to the new music, free one, Spotify, free one. Spotify free one. Until next time. One life. One death. One tie. Make disciples. Make disciples.